0: Welcome to Talking TRM, the Travel Risk Management Podcast. I'm Bex Dedman and I'm an independent consultant specializing in ISO 31030. During my transition from corporate travel to travel risk, I have met some incredible individuals driving travel risk management forward with passion and expertise. On this podcast, I'm gonna chat with them about their stories and hopefully inspire our listeners to start their own travel risk management journey. hello there and welcome to another edition of talking trm i'm absolutely delighted as i always am i always start like this but now and again you get a guest because actually when i first started doing these obviously i I spoke to a lot of friends and colleagues that i knew would be wanting to do this and and then i've been sort of putting my net out a little bit further and and now and again you get a guest who you're a little bit humbled by to be honest with you and and you feel like they're a little bit of a hero in the space that you're working in so i can't say that Jorge is a personal friend at this point that's not to say I wouldn't want him to be but we've only really sort of met in the last few sort of months and some of the work that we've been doing but he is sort of someone that I've admired and looked up to for such a long time so I do feel like I'm I'm having a little bit of a fan moment here Jorge <laughs> so, <laughs> so my, my, my apologies if I embarrass you but I think what's important is we talk a lot about travel risk management now because of the new standard but there's been work happening in this space for such a long time um and you are one of those for me pioneers in this space that's been, been that's been shaking this flag for such a long time and i think you need to be recognized for that so um it's it's with such an honor that you accepted this so uh today I'll be introducing Jorge Mesa. Uh so he is um he work- I I never like to go into too much about their jobs because it's about the person, right? That's what these podcasts are all about. But he does work for BCD. Uh but also he is the chair for the GBTA risk group for AMIA. And I think that's just another major part of this to talk about. So I'm gonna stop because I'm gonna get all embarrassed for all the flattering that I've been doing. Um, but Jorge, please tell our listeners exactly who you are and what it is that you do, and thank you for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me, and, and now I don't know what to say after all this. So you made me speechless now. <laughs> so it's a bit like uh, I don't know, <laughs> a bit embarrassing. Uh, thank you so much, and I'm really like uh, that, that this idea about talking about Charles Match. And I think you are doing a great job. Podcast because yes, finally there is a topic where we can you know um, share experiences and, and, and knowledge and all that. So I'm Jorge Mesa. I'm director of the global crisis management at BCD Travel, I'm based in Barcelona, and a big fan of my city. So I always recommend everyone to visit if they can't. Um, for those that they don't know, BCD Travel, BCD Travel is a big TMC travel management company. Uh, We are headquartered in uh, Utrecht, the Netherlands, but we operate in in 106 countries. And um, my team, uh, the global crisis management team, is in charge of monitoring for any events that might affect uh, business travelers 24-7. Events such as earthquakes, uh, natural disasters, plane crashes, uh, political uh, situations, uh, things like that and um, and what we have is we have predefined action plans where we can activate and then inform our clients uh, and for them to provide the support that those travelers might need uh, during those events in addition to that we also provide childless management consulting we support as well our bcd marketplace with uh, childless management partners um, and also we um, work together very close with uh, our product uh, team on on the child risk management portfolio products and as you said i'm co-chair of the gbta Emea uh, risk committee uh, where we volunteer to promote uh, anything related to child risk management so that's um in a nutshell who am i
0: <laughs> and you do a really fantastic job i think you know i think a lot of us look to gbta for advice in this area and and as i think the practice develops and we and we really kind of get more used to what it is that we're talking about and doing. You guys will continue to be a guiding light. So so thank you for all that you do there. Um, I just want to go back and talk about actually the, the stuff that you're doing within BCD, because it's quite unusual for a travel management company to actually have created a space here. So I want to just delve into it a little bit more and I, a plug for BCD, I guess, but I'm not trying to do that. I just Having recently done a tender, which was a microservices travel risk management tender, I really wanted to take apart some of those risk management pieces, so the traveller tracking tool, um, the uh, the pre-travel risk assessments, but also the incident management piece, and and kind of a little arrogantly kind of thinking I don't think many TMCs have got this bit nailed at all uh, when it comes to looking at the intelligence coming through and then potentially with the GSOC and that kind of thing. So I really would love to hear a little bit more about this and I'm sure our listeners would too. So are you happy to talk about that in a little bit more detail? Yeah, sure.
1: And why I'm, you recognised
0: so early that this was something important.
1: And this is something that um, it makes me very proud because uh, BCD was uh, ahead of the back on, on on thinking that we need to have a dedicated uh, crisis management resource uh, when created this team. And that was back in 2011 so it's now 12 years yeah. that um mm-hmm. after the ash cloud um uh, the company realized that, hey we need to have a, a dedicated resource so they, they they put together this little team and i was part of the the pioneers of putting this together on this topic travel risk management um uh, which i was uh, i didn't know I, I mean i'm coming from operations i've been working no. on the travel industry 35 years meetings and events business travel all that but suddenly uh, i remember sitting with my boss in germany he he was he's german and 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 and, and was the, how we got to do this right so we were trying to educate ourselves mm-hmm. but at the same time we started also educating our clients because everything was scattered everything was all over the place so yeah. we defined action plans for our own company we decided which uh, how to monitor events to classify those events. We operate with um, with a matrix of star boundaries, death, and injury to classify the events. We start monitoring. We start checking which were the the, the trustworthy resources, which were not, and, yeah. and try to you know separate the the noise from the real events. And it's been two years, and it's been uh, such a you know <laughs> such a ride. I bet so it is, and so um why i'm doing this we came to solve a problem because uh before uh, 2011 the company had people working on this but it was uh, having different responsibilities in the company and as a side job and a side function they might you know jump in when needed so they say no no this team is only dedicated to process management. and since then um i've been i've been looking around because you know i like to share expertise and process and things that But I believe we're still the only TMC having a fully dedicated team. And that's something that I'm proud of it because uh, we should be proud of it because we are here to help our clients to keep their travelers safe. And that's what we are doing so that's
0: a hundred percent I and I you know I can't categorically say you are the only one as well but I I really believe you're not far off if you are you know it's it's someone doing Mm -hmm. it very much under the radar and I mean by bringing that in house and actually taking ownership of and learning it and and I think this is the thing we just have to there is no one teaching us this stuff is there at the moment I mean some of us are because we've learned it ourselves but we've we've had to sort of just jump in and kind of and get on with it and just sort of Look at best practice together, and I think that sort of came as a bit of accumulation in mm-hmm. the first um, in the first uh, standard version that we have that we're now working with. Which again, I always try and remind customers and clients and and potential people looking at the standard: this isn't it. This is the first edition of a lot of work that came together, but it will be continued to change. And and you know we're doing that work together. Um, with rm 12 and rm 16 uh, looking at travel service providers and potentially certification for end users in the future as well. So there's a lot of interest in this. And actually, I read something, of, or something came to my attention yesterday that actually travel risk management is the number one priority for travellers. We're not hearing it because no one's asking the questions. And I think there's a lot of assumption by travelers that actually this is being taken care of the problem is when you lift the lid it isn't always is it and I think TMCs have been very good for a long time it's sort of smoke and mirrors in this area but that's why I was really keen for you to get into this a bit more with what BCD mm-hmm. has been doing and, and like I say for like you say for 12 years this isn't this isn't new um, thank you for that. So let's dig into a little bit about you and your why. So I completely understand, obviously, the, the role that you do there. Um, what what drives you to do this? Because it's not easy, is it, trying to trick trick culture change and, and look at things in a different way. So what is it that makes you get out of bed every day, Jorge?
1: Um, as I said earlier, initially, I came to solve a problem that we didn't have a, a resource, uh, so we built a team. We learn and all that and then um, i keep asking myself why do i keep here why do i keep doing this why do i don't you know so from time to time you like to change areas and things i came from operations i was a an meeting and events before so you 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 involved on your career but now i'm sort of like addicted it's kind of like i'm a professionist and and, and when i see that it's not yet the job is not yet down so yep. I still, you know, we, we have this assessment for clients, we sit down with clients, we check the travel management program and so on. I still see that there's so many things that still still not covered, still is not down Uh as you say, there is is the top priority. We run surveys as well from our research and intelligence team um, last year for travel buyers, for travelers, always can stop. But then when you kind of like compare what we what we asked to the travelers, what we ask to the travel buyers. There is always a gap, like someone thinks, oh, the others is doing something for me, but um, I don't know what they are doing. And the job is, oh, the travelers should know about this, but they don't know. Right. So it's always that gap. And there is so much that is at risk. I mean, we always talk about when talking about what is there. ROI of a child risk management program and, you know, the financial guys the want numbers and all that is yeah, business reputation, business continuity, employer reputation to retain uh, employees, uh, the brand, uh, and all that. Well, actually, it's the human capital. I mean, that's that's what I mean. We are saving lives, lives, right? So that's what we are trying to do here. We are making sure that people will be equipped to do their job on the on, on the travel with no problem. And that's something that keeps me kind of like um obsessed <laughs> somehow. <laughs> and that's why um, you know, join the gbt aries committee to learn more, to be able to and to influence as well, to influence our price. And I think the ISO 31030 is a turning point. I totally yeah. agree with you with that because having that um an ISO standard, which is a guideline now, but it's not yet you know certified but it will be. Um, that we can hey here there is this is for first time the guidance where we can use to you know to benchmark things and to learn and to put things in place. I think that is important. Um, and also even big companies. I've been sitting. Uh, I cannot name it, but I've been sitting with big brands, and you will be surprised how very often with big security teams with HR and all that they're still having gaps. So that's something that. There is so much work to be done. So that's yeah, sorry for the longer answer. but my answer like because I want this to be really covered. When it's done, then I can retire. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a
0: long way off, so no, yeah. that yet, my darling. I'm sorry. Uh, I I love this, and I you know I think it's my passion as well. That's what drives me. Is that I can see there's so many places within the journey within the corporate journey but also beyond that within the suppliers and everything else that travel risk management not only touches but really addresses and can and can try and make a lot better than it currently is now um you know I've heard some comments lately that you know as an industry we're unregulated and I'm and as if that's a good thing and I'm like well it's not really a good thing and some some comments regarding you know it's not a not a certification so why do we need to worry about it but this is about people for hey exactly as you've just said this is about people risk management in different countries of the world duty of care is a legal requirement and if it's not then it's certainly a moral requirement when it comes to your reputation and everything else to do with your business so even if you don't really care about your people but you do care about the reputation of your business kind of come on now and i think What interested me so much about this is that we just gloss over it. I've spoken to, and this isn't to shame the industry in any way, Mm -hmm. I, I just want to speak openly about this. We've got this chance to lead in this space and show our clients what we are capable of. Yet when it comes to actually having meaningful discussions around it, it's one of the reasons I set this podcast up is that we don't you know we've got big shows happening again this year and you look at the agendas and we're not talking travel risk Jorge properly Mm -hmm. we're just not and that's GBT. I will put to one side on that because you do have a you have an influence there and I think it's you know you you guys are already there but there's others that we're just not for me now I guess I've completely transferred from my travel role into this risk role but I can't understand how one goes without the other now so how can we be shouting as a travel industry about all of the great things that we do as an industry and then not talk about this. I just, I don't understand it. So I think there's still a very long way to go with the industry itself. And I I guess, how do you find that?
1: I, I, I Sometimes I get really impatient uh, because I would like to see more progress, more quick but also i also try to look backwards and see all the all the work that we we achieve, yeah. all the things that we do. on the GBTA, um there is a convention happening in the us which is a big convention like 5000 people attending yeah. so i'm part of the of a committee who reviews the uh, the proposals for the educational sessions um it was like probably 50 60 around risk
0: right. uh,
1: and for europe as well so big numbers so there's sessions and course, those are review and value and all that. So we may end up having like four or five sessions about risk management. And in Europe, you might have two, three because it's a smaller conference, right? But the topic is there, uh, and and you see the people attending this show. we speaking on this conference, and and there is an an interest of on on the topic. And, and let me say something before I forget as well. It's like I'm working for a TMC. We are a TMC. We are not a travel security. So here we are not trying to do something that is not, we don't provide bodyguards, we don't provide medical assistance, we don't do that. But we partner with great companies that they can provide that. So it's basically, we need to really understand that we, all the job risk management suppliers, we need to work together and then bring the up. See, no, this is not, I don't see it as a competition at all. I see us working together. And and you know, helping our clients to partner with them and say, hey, let's simplify this and make sure you 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 got it covered, right? So that's uh where we need and I think these forums, these um, you know, these committees and all that helps to bring professionals and a podcast like this as well, just to you know, to, to share experiences and problems and, and, and sometimes it's the perception look, one of the things that they always tell me is like because when I ask an account manager to talk to their clients, oh, my client doesn't travel internationally. So they think they, you know, you're laughing already because <laughs> the people that we are on Travel Risk it's like, and so what? So what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what? I mean, it's not that uh, the moment you cross the border, then you are at risk. And the moment you stay in, you are not at risk. Exactly. I mean, there are so many things, right? So, um, but that's something that we need to spread the word. We need to kind of like this uh, sort of like um, area. We need to keep talking about it and and, and discuss and, and because it will be also new things as well coming up.
2: Not sure where to start with implementing a standard such as ISO 31030? A gap analysis exercise from Ascent Risk Management is the best place to start. Our expert consultants will take you step by step through your chosen standard and highlight any weak areas. This can be conducted remotely and the results of the gap analysis can form the plan for your targeted project. Contact Ascent today at www.ascent1, which is A-S-S-E-N-T-1.com and booking your gap analysis today.
0: It constantly evolves right and I think this is one exactly. of the for me one of the joys of this standard is that it's it's taken out this sort of idea of high-risk destination and it's removed that which I think some people are still confused by and they assume it's to do with that it's a destination based standard but it isn't <laughs> that's part mm-hmm. of it but it's about all trips for everyone uh doing all sorts of different activities so you are covering that domestic piece because Let's remember where it came from, you know, it came from the fact that companies in London and other places within Europe and other places around the world who aren't high risk destinations, were suddenly concerned by, you know, lone wolf attacks or a, exactly. you know, an act of gold and something like that happening that disrupts their business. So I think as we've gone through this evolution of disaster recovery, business continuity, risk management practices travel may be the one piece that doesn't feel regulated but it's crying out to be regulated because I would argue for most companies it's probably one of your greatest risks if you're not looking at that in any kind of way and I'm really taking that deeper dive into it which I think is what the standard allows us to do so what I've noticed and I'd really like to hear your feedback when you're talking to clients and, and really trying to help our guests kind of get from This introduction piece through to the next bit and we'll get to your golden nuggets but it's just to so it's obviously the standard is here clients are looking to benchmark against it to do gap analysis and we're all doing that kind of work but for me there's a tremendous gap (laughs) there you go between what the standard says is best practice to anywhere near what most corporates are actually doing today and most of that is to do with the pre-travel risk assessment that piece Mm -hmm. seems to be a major major headache for a lot of companies to contemplate and to contemplate with any meaning that actually what we're trying to do here is risk assess the trip there is a chance that that trip isn't going to pass that risk assessment and that you shouldn't be traveling and that for me is a real culture change for companies because they've never had to think about this sort of stuff before so i wonder how you've experienced that and what sort of blocks you've had or perhaps what successes you've had in trying to sort of think about the pre-trip piece?
1: The pre-trip piece is uh, very often some companies, some people might think that, oh yeah, I sent uh, all the intelligence for the destination that the traveler is going, so they can read it. Good luck with that, because sometimes it's like 50 pages of information which the traveler uh, is going to do a work, is not going to have time to read all that. And if they read it right, they will read it on the plane going to the destination, it's already too late so um that is a need there to have like a consistent risk assessment of the destination pre trip right so and that needs to be documented and that needs to be, and that, that doesn't mean that you need to do that for every single trip so if i'm going to london uh, probably it's not the same time you need to have some sort of like automation or kind of like different levels depending on the of the risk of the destination but also um Another thing that we see as well is that so much is based, because the tendency was like that, to base the risk assessment on the destination, right? Yeah. But we don't look at the persona. Yeah, uh, You and me, we are different. If we are traveling to certain destinations, um, we will be in different level of risk because you're a female and a male. I'm gay, so I might be at risk in some yeah. other places. Yeah. So um, racial, uh, th- there there's so many things uh and and that needs to be also taking consideration so it's not like you can do a risk assessment just a plan you know every everyone in the company is the same and 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 the persona profiles risk profiles are changing as well so um a female traveler is it's, it's 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 in one way today but it could be pregnant and and then that the risk is different right so it, it changes so that needs to be something that needs to be addressed and and they need to be tools for the for the for the company for the clients to be able to provide that which uh, again tools that will simplify the work as well so because we cannot have a you know a security team doing all these assessments continuously you have many providers these days i mean tons of them uh, that they can provide this support as well so maybe you want to partner uh, with some of them for that specific, and you don't need to buy it all. You just, you know, can uh, take Modular models on older, the thing yeah. exactly, yeah. and uh, and do, and do that. So that's one thing. And and I'll, uh, allow me to that I will jump in another thing that I think it is very related as well is that you need to partner with your travelers because you could do all this retreat risk assessment and all that. But if they are not aware that they are part of keeping themselves safe yeah. and they play a role, uh, remember the discussions on the ISO 31030 about duty of loyalty, right? So yeah. that that, that ta- yeah. term that I think is very appropriate somehow because that's the other side of the point as well. Um, but I was talking with a company once and they said that they um, pay a lot of money for uh, security provider uh, a huge contract and all that it's like a strange no one is using it and no one is using it because no one told the travelers yeah yeah so the travelers didn't know they couldn't use So i mean you need to partner with them you need to see what it fits them and and now that we are getting on the different generational approach i will stop there but you cannot communicate the same to a boomer generation to a gen set right mm-hmm. so that's a you know.
0: And I think they're ultimately looking for completely different things as well, isn't it? And again, that's not to categorise by generation, but to to learn per generation. I think it's something that Gen Z employees will look into the workforce and the company that they're going to work for and ask for some of these things, whereas Mm -hmm. certainly... Gen X, which is me, that were just kind of told what to do to get on with it and he just didn't question it, you know. So I've probably put myself into situations that I wouldn't normally have done, just because there was mm-hmm. nothing there to sort of protect me. And I think, you know, we we sort of make we sort of this this have all right, you know, these horrible conversations around the snowflake generation and this kind of thing, and I just don't think that's true. I think that they're just demanding things that should have always been there. You know, why should you go on a trip? <laughs> somewhere that perhaps you've never been to that you're going to be vulnerable and not have the things in place to protect you why is your company not doing that and i think that that is the right question to be asking um, Absolutely. and i hope that you can influence others within mm-hmm. their organization to ask those questions as well um and i think the other thing that we've talked about a little bit across this podcast it's interesting to hear you sort of bring it up again is is this knowledge piece. You're absolutely right, don't send your travellers a 50 page email because they're not gonna read it. It's about getting them the right information at the right time when they need it and being able to audit that. And I think that's the bit that feels like a bit of a headache for customers at the moment when pre-COVID, there was no way they were gonna be doing pre-travel risk assessments. and, And it kind of feels like with volumes having increased in the last sort of 12 months, we're back there again. So one of my kind of conversations around this is let's look at this purposeful travel piece this how do we get to that how do we understand whether it's purposeful whether it's um meaningful mindful travel whatever we want to call it justified travel i think that's the key to help with clients and the only way the only way we will get to this is by speaking to our travellers thank you Jorge for that I can't tell you how important <laughs> that is uh, Carol Fergus has recently done a recording with us which will be out by the time this one comes out so everyone will have heard it but she talks about the fact that you know people talk about their bookers and they want to make their bookers happy with a company you've got to keep your travellers happy when it comes to travel risk management it's all about them it's all about their journey and their experiences and making sure but they get to go and do whatever it is that they're supposed to be going to do in the best possible shape that they can be, right? So conversations about arguments of, you know, whether you're in an economy or whether you're in business and all this stuff, it actually has some value and importance when it comes to well-being well-being and looking after your staff. Um, Thank you. So, so insightful, Jorge. So let's just take it to that next stage and let's think about, People wanting to get into this space, you've got all of this experience, but self taught, which I also love. Um, how are they going to do it? What are your golden nuggets for them?
1: Right. So I have few. I, I've been thinking Good. I want you will be asking me on that. But then the one that I think I it's already been discussed is like read the ISO 330 So please have it, buy it, read it, and have it next to you because that's that's a powerful lot you can use it anytime so that's that's a given already okay so um and go there is we always talk terrorist management everyone thinks about yeah plane crashes uh big things terrorist attacks these things are changing but let's not overlook psychological impact on travelers for many different reasons for you know long trips for maybe now being scared after the pandemic going back to travel again uh, many many things and that's been overlooked so make sure that you keep an eye on that and you provide support part that um it was a case with um, a plane in um, um some years ago new york dallas plane that uh, the engine went back and a passenger was half sacked from the window so that passenger in that Sorry, because that's not a nice story, but I remember acting on that and then someone said, oh, well, I'm glad we didn't, that, that our travels was not part of that, the, the one yeah, but your travels, we are traumatized by seeing another field, possibly, you know. So yeah. how are you going to support your service? How are you going to provide? And maybe those they were not going to back again on a plane or going back. So you need to be able to provide that support. So. Psychological impact on travelers—it's important. Um, what I mentioned earlier: don't think that terrorist management is only for high-risk destinations. Uh, anything can happen. Lone wolf, as you mentioned earlier, these things happen, and and there's new ways of 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 terrorist uh, situations. Um, domestic travel in the U.S., and then you have the shootings in Las Vegas, where you have many meetings happening. So you see that doesn't need to be international. Things happen in, in, at home as well um another uh, is fighters make sure you test the program put the program in place lovely i love to hear people they want to certify you on iso 31030, but what for it's just because you just want to have the stamp of approval so i done it and we do these assessments in the, in the company and i i like to go back to, going to the to the clients that we did they say what you did with our results some of them and hey, you know we keep using it, blah blah blah, but some of them is like they put it on the on a draw and nothing else happened. So if you're doing this just to make the checkbox, wrong approach because I mean that's not that's not useful, right? Um so five rules that way you can spot errors, spot uh nuggets, and you, you really can see well who was in charge of this and all that. So test the program um end to end. And then the last one traveler engagement that's that's kind of like what you we were saying right so um just keep your travelers engaged explain the why why we are doing this it's not just because we want to annoy you to make your booking more difficult fill so many forms and all that you need to be prepared uh for your trip in order to be a happy traveler right so that's right. A, that's a and do your job so that's that would be that yeah
0: i want to touch on all of those but just on the last one just quickly i think just circling back you know right at the beginning we said that travelers are wanting to know that you've got that's like the most important thing is to to travelers wanting to know that travel risk management is taken care of yet we seem to be scared as companies to talk to our to, to do the why i've always said this within travel policies like policies won't work if you just literally demand that people do things do you know who humans are? Have you looked at us over the last, you know, however many thousands of years? We don't do that. Um, we like to find out why we like to be informed. And I think certainly these new generations coming through are even more like that. You know, they're really questioning authority exactly. of why things have been done in a certain way. So tell them, show them, and don't be scared to kind of, to have these conversations. That 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 to me is just so important. It's so easy. And just tying back to another piece that you just talked about there, to write a policy to dust it all off and just to tick a box and to put it into um into i always put it this kind of library of policies i have this dusty old vision in my (laughs) dusty old room in my vision um of you know these you getting dusted off and go look i've got it just for your sort of audit purposes that is not going to wash with this standard because standards have kind of understood that this kind of happens now you know there's certain standards that does feel very much like a t- can feel like a sort of audit tick box when you're going through that and i think that's the whole point with this risk management group it's a different it's you know you're you you are your business owner you understand your business better than we do so tell us what your risks are write them down mitigate against them and then so help you god make sure you're doing that because we will want to see proof should you ever find yourself in court and that's the point with this travel risk management piece you can't just write a travel risk management policy and that's it. You can't just bring a piece of technology in and say that, oh, you know, that's I work with a global deep TMC, deep. I work with a global insurance company, I work with a global assistance company. Tick. You know, the truth of it is it's a lot more detailed than that. And um, oh, look at me on my soapbox. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it really is. And I think and the proof is in the pudding. You know, if you've got to stand up in front of families or a family of someone that perhaps has got serious injuries or has not survived a trip you have got to show them that you did everything in your power to make that not to make that not happen and that's the exactly. expectation and i think that's what for me is so refreshing about this standard it's it's making companies ask some hard questions and certainly when i go through this with companies there's this kind of we keep lifting up stones and finding more pebbles underneath and part of it though isn't it and it's why we're at the beginning of this journey i think so um i yeah i I, all of your tips, all of your tips. But ultimately, let's
1: keep talking. And in those conversations as well, very often the, you can see the the silo
0: uh,
1: of your companies because you have the security team one side, HR other side. Very often they don't know. Ah, oh, you. I mean, we had to, with the pandemic, those teams they came together to work on things. So that momentum, we should use it because you know, very often they don't communicate yeah, or yeah, believe agreed. oh that's the other one so to work together that's important so that's
0: um and again this kind of idea of risk management is exactly saying that isn't it this is not the responsibility of one person this is the responsibility of an organization represented by many Jorge I hate to say it but we've come to the end of our time oh my goodness <laughs> this was we, so quick <laughs> right I told you this is going to be hopefully a really fun 30 minutes or so with for us and to talk about what we're passionate with. Look, I, I know I embarrassed you at the beginning and I'm sorry for that, but I just, you know, credit where credit's due, I think this is a new discipline, but for to someone to be behind it for as long as you have been and done the stuff you've done at BCD, you need some recognition, my friend, you do. And I hope thank you. I can do a little of that on this podcast for you. Um, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it.
1: I really enjoy. Thank you so much for inviting me, and and it was it was great talking to you as usual.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, I will see you again um, when we are doing our sessions with the with the standard development. But for our listeners, um, I really hope you've enjoyed today. I hope you found that insightful. I don't want to call him one of the Godfathers of travel risk management because that feels like I'm aging him, <laughs> and that's not right. No, please. <laughs> but that's how you know. From a perspective of you know, I just I just have a lot of respect for this man so you've been listening to Talking TRM with travel respects our special guest today was Jorge Mesa if you'd like to hear more of our podcast please do subscribe we're available on all channels and you can also see us on YouTube you'll see details from ourselves as sent but also from Jorge at the end of this and we look forward to speaking to you again on our next um, episode in the meantime have a great day and take care
2: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Talking TRM is in association with Ascent Risk Management. If you enjoyed listening to today's podcast, please subscribe and make sure to leave a review. If you need any help with implementing an ISO standard, such as ISO 31 or 30, or if you have any questions regarding ISO, please reach out to Ascent Risk Management to talk to our expert consultants today. We can be found at www.ascent1.com. We're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. And links can be found in the show description. This podcast is a Clemark Studio production and was produced by Jessica Ingalls.